Homemakers, our show is made possible by a few carefully selected advertisers and because of our Patreon friends. If you haven't yet, we invite you to show your love for the show by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash homemaker chic podcast. There you will receive downloads to both of our cookbooks, exclusive access to snippets of the Homemaker Chic book as it's being written, and a private invitation at the end of every season to join us for our live fangirl party call. You can be a part of Homemaker Chic and show your support for the show by visiting patreon.com forward slash Homemaker Chic podcast. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Homemaker Chic Podcast. And now, let's rock this show. Welcome to Homemaker Chic Podcast. It's Monday. Uh, it's been a doozy of a Monday. We're here, Shay Elliott and myself, Angela Reed of Parisian Farm Girl. And we're here to rescue the art of homemaking from the daily grind. Uh, forget red lips and denim jumpers. Just how about some summer perspiration? <laughs> I'm just feeling a little swampy, a little swampy. What are you like at like 120 blazing degrees over there? And yeah, basically. And, and our air conditioning's just like nah, nah. Yeah. So we went to bed last night and it was 88 in the house, and you know, pretty stagnant. Yes. So. Uh, yeah, we don't have air conditioning and I usually, it doesn't bother me, but like right now it's just a little, a little ick. A little funky. Uh, we did get rain. A little funky. We got rain last night though, which was a miracle because we're in a full drought here. Um, it's just, just so crazy. I know there's people in the country really hurting right now from too much rain and you have farmers up here really hurting from not enough. It's just when you go like past fields or golf courses or whatever the grass it's just crisp Mm -hmm. just totally burned out Mm -hmm. that's (sighs) august at least where i'm Mm -hmm. from that's august it's a transition right august and february can just go back to where the good lord made them as far as i'm concerned uh, I was at Costco this morning, and they have the Christmas ribbon out. Oh, they have the, stop it, Costco. The Halloween decor out, and they had something else where I thought, I'm actually truly offended at this point. Can we just <laughs> calm down? I understand there are women that want to like be ultra-organized and already have the plaid ribbon in the front hall with their wrapping paper by August 2nd, but can we just calm down, please? I don't. I don't live yeah. in that world. I, I have nothing. I, I've got nothing. <laughs> nothing to contribute there. Nothing to I watched, contribute. I've seen on YouTube, like, in July, people are like, oh, it's time to decorate for fall. No, it's not. I still need a beach towel. Like no, August is August is summer. I think we talked about this last Monday. August is still yeah. summer. It's summer until September 21st. So you you need to get over yourselves. Right. Do I don't want to see a pumpkin. By a marketing calendar. No, right. I, I don't want to see a pumpkin until October 1st, okay? Right? Remember when the sun called the shots and not retail? <laughs> yeah. Just making uh, friends right oh. out of the gate. That's what we do here on oh, Homemaker yeah, sure. Chic. Um, sometimes I genuinely forget that people listen to this podcast. So 
There you have That's, it. Is that what that thing is in front of your mic? Is that a literal filter? <laughs> I wish. I wish this was like a Holy <laughs> Spirit filter where everything I said that shouldn't be said just like reverbs back and punches me in the face. So <laughs> none of it could make it onto a recording. Wouldn't that be amazing? Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it's um, it's good. We had just like a full on <laughs> summer weekend last weekend. We went and saw music. We went and dipped in the river we went and swam in the lake for an entire day it was just like barbecue salmon like full-on northwest summer just the best it was great so it's wonderful monday morning came a little starkly this morning stewart woke me up with coffee bless this man he has you know a cup for him and a cup for me and he's like honey do you want some coffee and i like woke up like ah just, I was so deep asleep. I'm surprised I didn't punch him. Right? Or spill the coffee everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that was not my weekend. I had kids with bleeding ear canals, computers that died. And you can hear I have a little bit still. We de- we're going to need a cough button today. Seriously. Mm. It was, it's not been a fun 72 hours. Mm. I'd like a redo on a summer weekend. Mm-hmm. Isn't it great that we do so. sort of get redos? The The work of a homemaker, I don't like the word monotony because that means a bad thing in our culture. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of work that repeats itself. And I always love that because when you make a stupid dinner that you could have done way better on, you mm-hmm. know, or you dye an entire load of laundry pink, done that. You know, like you get a do-over you because right. you literally will be washing laundry until you die. So you have lots of time to get better, my friends, at all of the right. things. Lord yes, willing. so we're, we're rescuing this art and perfecting it. it. We're really blessed to be able to have um, the opportunity to perfect it. We always say that we never will. Obviously, that's not the goal. But every day, like you said, just to get up and go, okay, I tried this yesterday. And maybe I made X, Y, Z bad decision in my how I planned my week. And now I'm I'm paying for it in this four-hour window of time. But next time, I'll know better. And we mm-hmm. always get to grow. I like um, mm-hmm. I like the things that aren't stagnant, like gardening. You're always, you can always become a better gardener. I love that. It never mm-hmm. gets old. You can always become a better homemaker. And while the work might get older, have that feeling of monotony, what we talk about so much on the show is like, infusing new life into those moments um to take the sting out of that yeah keep it fresh well, and that's Keeping that's fresh. how you get good at stuff right you don't get good at doing laundry by doing it one time mm-hmm. it's just not the way it works so it really is this art yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's really fun i'll tell you i've been seeing my homemaking in a new light because my mother-in-law who lives in north carolina was coming to stay for two weeks at the end of the month. Oh, there's no pressure there. And mm-hmm. I'm looking at all my, like, the hidden bits, and I'm like, ruh row. <laughs> what? She is so kind. It's not that. But I also want yeah. her to be able to function in our house. And, you know, right. th- things do get a little sloppy, especially over the summer. Um, and it's time, you know, at the end of the month, it's always time for us to kind of, like, tighten the ship up. 
um, because mm-hmm. we do start school the Tuesday after Labor Day. So September 6th is when we start school. And so we've mm-hmm. got this beautiful summer month and I want to live it up. But at the end of that, things kind of have to be in order. And if she needs extra right. toilet paper, it needs to be there in like a spot where she knows where to find it or paper towels right. or washcloths or medicines or, you know, all these kinds of bits. And it's kind of a neat opportunity, really. I'm, I'm really trying to work on my mindset. Like, it's not going to overwhelm me. This is – you've got to do this stuff anyway. And now you have a reason to do it. There's a deadline, which is always a good thing for me because I really like to procrastinate on certain things when I don't want to do them. So it, it'll be great. And hopefully it'll, my house will be cleaner at the end of August for it. <laughs> More organized. Uh, yeah. When people come over and they're like, I'm not coming to see your house. I'm coming to see you. I'm always like, yeah, but you're still going to be looking at my house through your eyes. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, the things that I can just skip over because I know I'm going to get to that in two weeks or, or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's different. <clears throat> it's different. And the things that bother me tend to not be the things that bother other people. So like my brother-in-law stayed with us right. for two weeks. And he was like, why don't you clean your shower? And I was like, what are you talking about? I just cleaned it on Wednesday. And I'm like, show me what you're talking about. Because I, I took not like offense to it, but I was just like, I did clean it. Like I am aware of it, you know? Well, the the plastic liner of the shower curtain, through it's not even old. It's like two months old. But like little hands, mm-hmm. dirty hands, like the two foot and down, you know, it's like they just go in from being outside and just like attack it like a raccoon. Like, I don't know what they're doing in there. But it's just like it was. You don't do like a pre-wash outside with the hose. I'm always like. I mean, sometimes, sometimes. But (laughs) yeah, he was like that, that thing. And I'm like, you're right. That is kind of funky. And this is me doing my best. (laughs) So shut up and take a shower. (laughs) Right? (laughs) You're nicer than I. I dare somebody to comment about my shower. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, well, I didn't have brothers, so my brother-in-law is like the closest thing that I have, and we can give each other some pretty good grief, but he was right. I had to admit, it was gross. Note to self, replace that before your mother-in-law comes. Uh, I had a family member come over once, and new mom, I was just, just frigging drowning, right? Small kids, probably three under five at the time, and... I had my juicer on the back of the counter, and I will confess I hadn't cleaned it out in the better part of a week. But the rest Ooh. of the house was so clean, and it was just back there, and I just couldn't get to it. You know, like, you got to scrub the little blade. With the, it was an old-style juicer, and it was just, I hated doing it, and I kept putting it off. And I was like, well, I'll just push this to the back. Everything else looks great. Sure enough, she's like, what are you, like, growing penicillin? I'm like, that's wonderful. How, how did you mm-hmm. even notice that? Everything else is so pretty. Um, they will find we were talking you. a few weeks ago about uh, you mentioned Reader's Digest, you know, reading yeah. a family member that had like the Reader's Digest. And we always had them in the bathroom and you'd read them when you were a kid in the bathroom. Yeah. And this one story stuck with me forever. And it was just a little one of those humorous stories at the end about a a woman whose friends were coming over and she did like a mad dash cleanup, dirty dishes, casserole dishes, everything. And she shoved them all in the oven and her friends brought her over frozen pizza. I was like, that always stuck with me. (laughs) And she had to turn it on. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah, my mother-in-law, she went to a really, really traditional school. And I remember her telling me that they were taught that your guests aren't to see one dish. And so before your guests arrive, if there were any any dishes, you would gather them all up and hide them in the oven or the dishwasher. And that was it. Like, that was that was the proper way to do it. Okay. What do you need? Keys. Got a visitor. Bye. All right. He's all right. Sorry. He's gone. We can finally tear into it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just had to text the kid and let him know that the cat got out, which is really not good. Sorry. It wasn't my doing. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, maybe that's... So- Maybe that's where that story comes from, an old tradition of hiding your business. (laughs) Well, you know, what's funny is I have a few stories from Reader's Digest that also stuck with me. And one of them in particular that I always think about was this guy who was like visiting the somewhere in Africa and was in some river and he was attacked by a hippopotamus. (laughs) And he survived. But like, oh, they'll bite you in half. Oh, yeah. I mean, basically, like, the tusk thing went, like, went through his upper thigh, you know? I mean, it was, like, this just – it was so bad. It was those – what were – I'm trying to think. They had a section of stories that were, like – they were kind of like I shouldn't be alive stories. Do you remember this? Yeah. In real life. Yes. What was that segment called? I can't can't remember. (laughs) Um, Anyway. Mm. Good stuff. The things that traumatized you as a kid. (laughs) Oh, I was at, like, a – we used to go to this thing called Moody Week in Indiana, and I was at one of the, like, tabernacle sessions, and they were talking about missionaries and talking about people that had been eaten by piranha. Oh, that's and nice. And that scared the crap out of me as a kid. I didn't yeah. want to go in the lake that evening. I was like, "That's there's piranha. We're going to die. We're going to come out with shredded limbs. This is no good. <laughs> it's so true. So you guys know my affinity for animal attacks. I know it's barbaric. I just I find it fascinating. I always have. Sharks have always for my entire life. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> and now bears are coming into the fold, as we've talked about on previous episodes. So my friend Audrey sends me this news article. Whether this is 100% true, I don't know, but she sent it to me. And it was about this rich couple who was touring somewhere with a helicopter pilot and the helicopter goes down it crashes and it crashes into the mountains of russia and oh my gosh they survive the helicopter crash but then they are all eaten by bears so just so you know it happens my friend cody likes to pull up the statistics of how many people a year die from cows and it's like 700% more than like sharks and tigers and cougars and bears combined. But Um, I can see that. I tell my kids, even like when I'm sitting there milking, I'm like trying to be always on. Like if she were to just shift or get PO'd or that's a giant animal way far above you. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I'm like, don't get pinned up next to a fence. Don't put yourself in a position where you can't get away from her. Yeah. It's very true. It's very true. Mm. Still, I don't feel... I well, don't this is fear. a really uplifting show. I know. Like, Sorry. Everybody okay, that okay. came here for like how to get the stains out of their favorite blouse or how to be a better mother. <laughs> oh, we had a really fun Sorry. question. Funny question. Okay. okay. Last week. Um, it was 
I'm not going to get it right, but it was like, if you each had to choose, well, she answered the question. She answered the question for us. She goes, if you each had to choose who you would want as a mother, who would you choose? I think Shay would choose Angela and Angela would choose Angela. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, is that nice? I can't. What are we? I don't know. What are you saying? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's funny. She answered it, though. I'll let you remain anonymous person because I don't remember who you are. Oh, that's so good. That was okay. That made so if me laugh out loud when I read it, if you're just uh, coming into the podcast, we're questioning our summer, which is where we are taking your questions that you can send us over on Instagram. <laughs> we're on Instagram at Homemaker Chic Podcast. Send us, uh, DM us your question, and we are taking the time to sift through those this summer and just speak to some of the things that you guys were feeling the need to hear about. And it's been great for us because we're so busy in the garden this time of year that we don't have the time to sit down and sort of flesh out a topic like we normally do. And it's so great for us to get perspective on listeners, like where you're coming from, like what are the things Mm -hmm. that are on your mind? And it can feel a little repetitive on the podcast. We've been doing the podcast now for two and a half years. We say a lot of the same things over and over again. We've also changed a lot, though. I mean, the last two and a half years has changed us all a lot. Right. And because I think we're both sort of growth-minded people, we're both learners, you're not stagnant as a person. You're sort of kind of always bringing new things into your fold. And because of all of that, sometimes we um, maybe hold back on certain things thinking, oh, we already kind of talked about this, Um, assuming that- Or or don't bring things up thinking, oh, they don't want us to talk about that. Right. Or, yeah. I'm- I, you know, I'd love listener feedback over on Instagram, just even in the comments on this episode. I'm not opposed to exploring doing this more in the future, too, because we have done like a long form conversation for two and a half years. And this has been mm-hmm. really great. It's It's been sort of um, we've had a chance to be really lighthearted and serious. I mean, I'd mm-hmm. love to hear what the listeners say about that. So let's continue on this like. Worst mm-hmm. case scenario, being eaten by a bear conversation because Mrs. Darcy would like to know if we were stuck on a desert island, okay. what four items would we want in our makeup oh. bag? Oh, okay. And we can we can have fun. We can give four other items if you want to. We could do four books. We could do four, like we could flesh this okay. out a little bit. Okay. I know okay. what it would be. I know what it would be. And skincare does not count as makeup. Skincare so is just, not makeup. Just frou-frou. Just complete vanity here. Okay. Um, For all the people that are going to see us on this deserted desert island. Mm -hmm. Yes. Concealer. Obviously. (laughs) I'm 36-year-old woman, and concealer is the difference between I'm fine and I might die today. That is the difference. (laughs) An eyebrow pencil, lipstick, and mascara. I'm going to assume because I'm on a desert island, I could get a nice rosy hue from the sun. So I'm going to mm-hmm. I'm going to leave my bronzers and blushes and all that behind. True. Plus, I'd probably be in the water like fishing for my dinner. So eyeliner and all that. No, that would just smear. Waterproof it's mascara. It's got to be waterproof then. mascara. <laughs> <laughs> OK. Um, if it was one thing. If I started with one, it's mascara. Mascara. All the way. 
because I look like a little albino rat without it. And <laughs> I know rat. just uh, it's just not a good look for all of our listeners who have some beautiful gypsy Italian fabulous heritage and you just have like mass <laughs> lashes up there just batting about. <sighs> I can't even. Mine are dark. They're just blonde on the tips and they just look like nothing. <laughs> they look like nothing. So mascara, uh, yes, I would have to have my little um, pot of brow goop mm-hmm. with the brush that goes with it because <laughs> what good are they if they're not shaped in the right direction? Um, yeah, oh. concealer and lipstick. I know that's lame. Yeah. Is that lame? No, I mean, I know it's lame that I basically gave your answer. That's what I mean. Oh. Okay. And that I sound like Kermit the Frog or something. Excuse me. You sound kind of like a sexy smoker DJ, maybe. Maybe with her nose squeezed tight. <laughs> oh, if I if it's husky, oh, let's do that. But if I sound like my nose is pinched, like I feel, then not so much. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now you know. Okay. Okay. So then I'm going to expand on that for skincare, for topical things. Okay. Um, my frankincense talabom from Tubes and Company, because I'm obsessed with that, mm-hmm. and I she needs to make it like in Costco size. Uh, Caudalie's Beauty Elixir because it's incredible. Let's try to think of like my all time favorite. You think of two more while I think. You think of two while I think of two more. Okay. Well, I have, I tend to have acne prone skin and I have very small pores. So they get, they can get congested really easy. And genuinely, the very best thing I have ever, 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 ever washed my face with is Tubes and Co.'s charcoal bar. It's like a bar of soap and I use it twice a day and I love it. It's the best thing I've ever found. And so I would have to take that and I would have to take the glow serum. And the regenerative serum. Those would be... Okay, so that's three. That's three. Okay. Uh, what did you just say? Oh, I just thought of something. And now it's gone. Oh, the the Seabuck, the Seabuck Thorn Oil is my... Yeah, like, can you just leave oil. that on? It feels so good. What, what happens if yeah. I don't wipe that off? I love that stuff. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I um, love it. Click below, you guys, wherever you're listening to the podcast, we have a one-time 10% off coupon code to Tubes & Co. Um, so you can use that if you want to check out any of this stuff. Such good stuff. Um, yeah, that's what I would take. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, da, 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 da. What song would you listen to if you were on a desert island and you could only listen to one song? What would it be? Oh gosh. I know what mine would be. I've thought about it a lot. Oh. Apparently. So I I, I have no idea. We sing the songs. One tr- song. One song. Okay. That you could listen to. You could sing as many songs as you wanted. Mm-hmm. And let's say it lasts but for a song. year, not forever. <clears throat> one year. I would listen to the Woods Brothers. Uh, called, I don't even know what it's called. Sing About Your Troubles or What You Ought to Do is Sing, I think is what it's called. 
Hmm. It's a great song. Every time I tell Angela to listen to a song, you guys, she does not do it. Yes, I do. You do not. You do not. <laughs> You're not going to listen to this one. Maybe some of you know sure, it. Listen I to will. it. It's a great song. It's very fun. I often think, okay, The Count of Monte Cristo. You know the scene in The Count of Monte Cristo where he's locked in jail. And how long is he in there for? Like 20 years? Like forever. Okay. Yeah. I often run <laughs> scenarios in my head because I'm prone to anxiety. I try and get a handle on it. But still, obviously, I've thought about being attacked by a bear way more times than statistically is normal. Oh okay. <clears throat> but we sing the Psalms in church. And I love it because what it does is it writes scripture in your head, right? Because it puts yeah. scripture to a song. And then I always think, okay, if you go down like the Count of Monte Cristo, if you're stuck in some crazy jail someday in the future, like – this is what this is going to be your plan of attack. You're going to go in there and you're going to find some way to write down all of this stuff because all these psalms now they're floating around in your head, mm-hmm. and that will be your job. That's going to be your mission when you get in there is to get in there and find a way. Write it on the walls. Maybe they'll give you paper and a pencil. I don't know, but that's my plan for if I'm ever arrested for a long period of time. Just so everyone knows, somebody mail me a care package. <laughs> when I'm there. Um, I bet there are some listeners that can guess what my plan would be. What would that be? Busting my ass out of there. (laughs) (laughs) I ain't going down like that. (laughs) Have you seen that movie the next three days? Because I'm going to, where was that? Venezuela. You're like, you're like the the priest in the Count of Monte Cristo. Yeah. Digging his way out. I'm out. With a spoon. Mm -hmm. Spoonful by spoonful. Right. (laughs) <laughs> okay next question okay <coughs> um what if your kids wanted to go to high school to play sports join a club some team <sighs> would you let them I hate these questions <laughs> that's why i asked it um i my kids uh i had i had some interest along those lines a few years ago and i was like sorry <laughs> Not happening. You'll grow out of it. Sure enough, like two weeks later, it was a phase. And it was because some other homeschool people in the area were doing that. And then they realized how much they hated it. Like, I know you. You've been in it for a long time. Like, you're not going to like that. Mm -hmm. You want a club? You start a club. What club you want to start? We'll get a vest. We'll get iron-on patches. Like, what? All the things. I think now I shouldn't say I'm so dogmatic because had they wanted to join choir or something, maybe I would have let them go be in a school choir. But we're not we don't even have a good choir program. So last year, we finally took the jump into the freeze drying world with a beautiful new freeze dryer from Harvest Dry. And we are so glad that we did. As a homemaker and gardener, these freeze dryers have the very important job of making sure that nothing, whether it's a bountiful crop from the garden or leftover soup from Sunday supper, go to waste. These incredible machines are very versatile. You can use your freeze dryer to preserve dairy, meat, produce, and even complete meals. Here's the very best part. Everything is completely automatic. You literally just fill the freeze dryer trays, push the start button and walk away. Preserving food can be that simple. 
freeze-dried foods last for 25 years in your cupboards and will maintain taste and color and flavor. The food retains nearly all of its nutritional value and home freeze-dried food costs one-third the cost of store-bought, which means your freeze-dryer from Harvest Right will pay for itself in no time. This is the perfect season to order your freeze-dryer so you can have it set up and ready for spring and summer bounty, whether you're freeze-drying fruits, vegetables, herbs, milk, or even eggs. Harvest Right machines are the best on the market and will soon become an invaluable player of your preserving kitchen. Visit bit.ly forward slash Harvest Right Homemaker or click the link in the show notes to shop your new home freeze dryer system from Harvest Right today. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Tubes & Co., Tubes & Co. believes in skincare products that nourish and restore and come from simple, wholesome ingredients. Emily began crafting skincare and makeup from her farmhouse kitchen after discovering how organic tallow, high-quality cold-pressed olive oil, and other quality natural ingredients made a huge difference in her skin and in her family's wellness. Now, Tubes & Co. has expanded to not only include beautiful skincare, but also wonderful makeup products. These are products that I use on my skin every single day. I wash with the charcoal bar, and then I move on to the glow serums and the hydrating serums, all the makeups, all the bronzers, all the highlighters, the mascara, the eyeshadow. It's all so clean and so good. Visit tubesandco.com and use the coupon code HOMEMAKERCHIC for a 10% discount. Are you ready for a well-appointed bathroom? How about a stack of gorgeous towels from American Blossom Linens? I have them and love them. For your well-appointed bathroom, why not wrap yourself in the most luxurious, thick, oversized towels made in America? These long-lasting, absorbent, heirloom-quality towels will surround you with the plush comfort you can expect from 100% organic cotton. Feel the softness of the ring-spun, combed, two-ply cotton loops against your skin. These towels and washcloths are Okeotex certified, so you can rest assured they are made without harmful chemicals. Unlike others, American Blossom's fully organic cotton sets of towels are made with all USA materials. Nothing ever leaves the United States. Visit AmericanBlossomLinens.com and use the coupon code HOMEMAKERSHEIK20 for 20% off. Okay, and that that's actually a great point, is that homeschool <laughs> kids, at least in our school district, can participate in public school extracurricular activities. Yes. So homeschool kids can go and play on the soccer team if they want. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this is one of those situations where your family gets to exercise what we call Christian liberty which means where God has not bound your conscience, others aren't free to. And I think what Angela has decided for her family is what is best taking a lot of things into consideration. Um, True. I mean, I'm being funny and flippant, but there's a lot behind, obviously, a lot behind my answer. Your experience in school, Joel's experience in school, your school district, your kids' friends, um, the quality of the extracurricular, what you're able to touch on in homeschooling, what you're not. Um, we'd like to look at these as black and white and right and wrong. And that's just not the way that it is. And so I think, um, you know, we as a family, Stuart and I have had to make decisions for our family that we think is best. I got the funniest email yesterday and it said, hey, I noticed in your YouTube videos 
There's no bikes or rollerblades or trampolines or swing sets. And I just want to make sure that your kids are well-rounded, like you're giving them enough childhood because I see them like climbing trees and stuff and that's great, but like they need more than that. And I was just, it just made me laugh. I hope you're providing them with more than that. Gosh. (sighs) Yeah. Um, Which, I mean, it just made me laugh. I took zero offense to it because it was so silly because, I mean, it sounds so cliche to say, but like you don't know me and I don't know you and I don't know your family and I don't know what's best for your kids. Um, So we've just kind of kept extracurriculars and certain what we think are the appropriate categories. So I am not opposed to my child participating in something, but the payoff would have to be greater than the cost for our family. And I think that's a personal decision. And I think that that is on a case by case basis and it's on a kid by kid basis. Sure. Sure. So also, and I've said this before, like I went to public school I was in extracurriculars, and it was not good on the whole. It was a net loss for for character development and wisdom. So, I I mean, I so, do I some, do make decisions like that in light of it. <laughs> right. When the homeschool questions come in, I I go like, did you go to school? Do you do you remember the popularity contests and the bullying and the drugs? And the red solo cups mm-hmm. and the like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you do you remember like? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. But again, maybe they went to a different type of school. Yeah. Um, yeah. There mm-hmm. you go. Okay. Does that answer uh, that question? I think so. I mean, okay. I think I actually I think our answers line up with a lot of what we say on the show, like. Uh, we're not giving rules for homemaking. We're not giving rules for being a mother or mm-hmm. or homeschooling. Um, while we might speak with really strong opinions and confidence because maybe of our age and experience, um, we're not primarily speaking with a dogmatic tone. It is definitely case by case, family by family. People know what's best mm-hmm. for their kids. People know what's best for their finances. So I got a little shade a few months yeah. ago talking about my sauna. Friends, I yeah, have my sauna for health issues. Okay. What'd you say? I said, say? I said yeah, you did. Yeah, and, I did. And Which is I said this so- before. You get to spend money on whatever it is that you deem to be valuable enough to do that on. Even if it wasn't for health and I just wanted a sauna. What about it? This lady would like a sauna. She would like to know. Um, Please talk more about your sauna. Why did you get one? What benefits have you gotten from it? Et cetera. Uh, So I got one um, to help detox. So um, I... I don't know what I've said on the show. Have I said anything? You haven't said anything. Anything. Okay. So I'm sure I've intimated here and there, but um, after a few years of struggling with uh, very MS-like symptoms and just going to Joel repeatedly and saying something's wrong, I can't put my finger on it, but I know something is not right. I got tested for Lyme's, had blood work done, hormone levels checked, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I had a friend come to me by the grace of God and say, I think you should be tested for Epstein-Barr. Did you ever have mono when you were a teenager? 
I said, yes, I did. She said, you're clearly describing MS symptoms like we were in agreement there. And everyone who has MS has Epstein-Barr and you should go get checked for Epstein-Barr. Well, I did and my numbers were through the roof. So last year I started on a pretty intensive, um, it was intense for me. I know a lot of people eat this way, but I made some pretty strict dietary changes, um, albeit temporary and a strict supplement routine. And um, we invested in a sauna because sauna is very good for you. And apparently it's very good when you have Epstein-Barr. And I did other things like vitamin C injections and blood ozone treatment and all this, all that jazz. Um, most of the symptoms, I still, if you guys watch YouTube, you see that I have a little tremor in my hand that I've had as long as I can remember. And I'm thinking I've probably had, it's, I think it's called reactivated Epstein-Barr for as long as I can remember. Um, but the other MS type symptoms are completely and utterly gone and were within a matter of months. Praise the Lord, because that was terrifying. Uh, so mm-hmm. I have become quite addicted to the sauna and uh, we have it in our basement. It was actually extremely affordable. Um, affordable, of course, being relative, but I know you can go on the internet and see that they can cost as much or more than a vehicle. And this was this one was about a month's groceries for our family. So um, it took the guys about 15 minutes to set up and um, I'm sort of back at it really hardcore. I've been using it every day and doing subsequent cold therapy afterwards, which has been really intense and amazing. And I feel great. Um, let's see. Say something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need <Yeah>. to go off. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've used saunas on and off in the past. I love them. I find the detox to be really powerful. Muscle recovery, circulation, yeah. sleep, s- sweat, just all the things, tension, stress, anxiety, super helpful for that. Um, there's all kinds of different saunas too that you can get. Like you can buy these little inflatable pod ones right? that you can have Those inside. Little, like like it bag ones. Yeah, it doesn't have to be some crazy expensive thing. The idea is you just got to be in a place where you can get really, really hot. And yeah, yeah I am like, I want one so bad, but we, I promised you we would like, we're going to finish the room and get all that situated before we, we go down that rabbit hole. But great ones and great options. Um, I have a question that's really easy to answer for us. Okay. So uh, Barbara is asking, what kind of outdoor grills, barbecues, smokers, etc., do you both recommend? Do you have an answer? No, because we're like hillbillies in this department. Okay. Well, maybe uh, that's okay. My, maybe Barbara mo- wants to be a hillbilly too. My husband is not – he's not like your he, – he's not a griller. That's not his domain. So I know a lot of men, like, that's their thing. Like, the wife is cooking, and then the husband gets to do the grilling. And yeah. that's not his uh, interest. Okay, so if we're cooking outside, it's me, and we just have our summer kitchen with three burners, and I just use cast iron out there. We have a grill. Like a propane burner. Yeah, yeah. We have a grill. Uh, got him a grill a few months ago. It's still sitting behind the house. It's not even being used yet. <laughs> You know, you go. and when it comes to the smoker, we just DIY our smoker to do our bacon or our ham or whatever. And it's just mm-hmm. a big drum barrel over my fire pit with a lid. And yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. we've basic. been very much now, in that when I same... see like Darla, Darla's got like all the things 
and it's very yeah. impressive. And that looks like a whole lot of fun, but I just haven't ventured into that territory yet. We just redid our outdoor space and made it a nice like brick patio that's actually not quite as hillbilly as we've had for our mm-hmm. whole marriage. So we got rid of some older equipment. Um, we got Stu a green egg for his birthday a couple of years ago. And it's it was an investment, but we use it like every day. I mean, we use okay. it all the time. Mm-hmm. They're these gigantic. They're shaped like an egg. They're like a forest green color. We smoke in it. We did pizzas in it last night. We're doing a spatchcock nice. chicken into it tonight. So um, that like earned its permanent place on our patio. Um, we're also in the process of putting in a pizza oven, which I know Angela is too, which is a lot of labor and brick and mortar and all that kind of stuff. But the only other like outdoor piece of cooking equipment, my mom has, I think she got it from Walmart. It's like this two foot by four foot gigantic propane griddle. Okay. And it's just like a whole cast iron top. What's it called? Outdoor cooking griddle? I don't know. She was supposed to okay. send me a link to it today. There was one that was really trendy, really hot last year. And Darla got it. It's got a name. And it's like a big flat cook surface. And it's just Yeah, it's shit. like you could just cook like 30 pancakes on it. I mean, yeah. and I want it because it's like basically having a gigantic cast iron skillet. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about what I'm going to do outside that's not on the green egg or not in the pizza oven, usually it's a lot of like vegetables. Right. Or, you know, something for a crowd. Like you could make 12 grilled cheese sandwiches on it, you know? My mom has it. She has it right outside her kitchen door. And I love it because we'll go out there with a glass of wine, just sit out in the sun. And it's like easy cleanup. You know, it's just fun. So, um, and I find a lot of times, you know, like I've said before, we have families over to eat a lot. All of our friends have a ton of kids. So, like, it's not uncommon for us to be cooking for 20 or 25 people all the, you know, it's like that's a lot of quesadillas or whatever it is we're making. Um, (laughs) Anyway, so that's kind of, we're kind of in the process of redoing that, but I'm really excited to bring those pieces in. That'll be great. Cool. I have another what, fun question. Um, Sorry. Did you start on your bread oven yet? Did you um, start? We have the place, like this place set where it's going. Okay. I think we're going to actually end up buying a prefab one. Okay. Yep. We have uh, not a ton of hours right now. Right. To commit to, to building one. And, and I will, you know, I've shared this before, but like I have learned doing it yourself is fun. And, it, and there's a lot to be learned there. Also, it can result in those like kind of poor results. And I don't really want like a poor results pizza oven because yeah. it has to draft appropriately. Like it has to have this right shape to it so that the heat does what it's supposed to do and like turns back in on the pizza. And like there's actually a proper like geo, you know, what am I trying to say? Like geometric thing going on. You know what I'm trying to say? There's like a formula. Sure. (laughs) There's like a math thing that goes on. (laughs) Okay. This is an interesting question. Okay. Okay, From Shelby Feeney on Instagram. Okay. Excuse me. I think you're going to like this one. Okay. I see that both of you guys follow and talk a little bit about carnivore Aurelius on Instagram. How do you feel about the carnivore diet, specifically that vegetables aren't super great? And... 
Do you buy into the quote, if you know, you know, suntanning? Okay, the if you know, if you know, you know, suntanning is Carnivore What's Aurelius. That? Come on, you, it's the, <laughs> you're going to make oh, me say the, the word. Okay, if, well, it's, I didn't catch the if you know, you know. I think I got what you're saying. Okay, it is, um, Carnivore Aurelius is an advocate for tanning parts of your body that normally don't see the sun. <laughs> so if you know, you know. So those bits, you know the ones I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> I don't even know how to eat this elephant. Okay, yes. We both okay. follow, follow Carnivore Aurelius. We also both are not very shy about talking about how much we love meat and how valuable we see meat, not only as a farmer and as a producer, but also in terms of diet and what it brings right. to you. I think more meat is the answer for most people. <laughs> Amen. Um, okay, so I don't follow a carnivore diet, but I do follow a carnivoristic diet in the sense that I eat more meat than most people. And and you turn to meat for X, Y, Z. It's not just that, oh, Stuart likes to eat meat, so I make sure we have meat and potatoes every night. It's that you're Mm-mm. consciously looking to meat for, micronut- for, for nutrition. All of it. For yeah. nutrition. And like, I don't mm-hmm. think anything about having meat three times a day. And I was yeah. trying to explain this over on Instagram. I'm like, listen, groceries are expensive. I get it. Stop buying granola. Yeah. All that all that stuff is expensive. It's very expensive. And, and you if you're looking at and you're hungry an hour later. And it's really hard for your body to digest. Nuts are really hard for your body to digest. Um, so when I started eating differently for the Epstein bar, I was like, well, what am I? I was despondent. I'm like, because I was trying to cut out all dairy for the time and all gluten, even my beloved einkorn. It was just terrible. And I wanted like crunch. I And so I turned to nuts. And then, darn it, I found out or I, you know, figured out, oh, this is actually really hard on my body. So I guess we're going to. I really. Pass um, on those yeah. for a while. Yeah. I try to, as a farmer, I try to turn to nature and just kind of observe it, not try to like powerhouse it. Just look at it. Mm-hmm. Nuts come off of trees once per year, and they are in a very difficult shell. And I know that that's not how we get them, but if you've ever grown almonds or you've grown walnuts or if you've grown pecans, it is a crap ton of work to get yeah. the nuts out. You would never think about just consuming them en masse. It wouldn't, mm-hmm. it would not be possible because of the way that the harvest works and because of the, the like the mode of transportation that it takes mm-hmm. to get to you. I think the same in a lot of ways. What we know is vegetables now are not what vegetables used to be. And you can look up corn, you can look up carrots, you can look up different squashes. They are so... Um, changed by breeding to make them what they are now. So it's not even just the, well, I'm going to eat this and it's going to be good for me because it's a vegetable. That's true in the sense that vegetables offer you up nutrition, right? And minerals and vitamins. But it's not in the sense that like, again, if we're just looking at nature, these things don't just happen. Like 
you can do it when you can get your carrot seeds from Johnny's. But like, we're not, you can't keep hybrids. Those have to be Mm. bred year after year by these seed breeders. And so I don't want to go as far as as to say these things aren't good for you or, um, or that we shouldn't do them. But when I look at cows or sheep or goats or birds or, you know, any of these things, just by existing, they reproduce. By existing in their natural environment, they give you the next crop. And yes, cattle have also been genetically altered, but not in the same sense that vegetables have. And so I guess that's a long-winded and it's a complicated topic, but I think that in general, people would tend to find themselves feeling a lot better with a lot more meat. And, and with all the gut issues, with the einkorn or the gluten issue with the dairy issue these are things that can be worked through through for a lot of people the gaps Mm. diet is a really specific diet that a lot of people have walked through the entire point of it is to heal your gut so that you can digest foods that irritate it now and when you start the gaps diet it's a lot of meat it's a lot of meat broth and it's boiled vegetables because raw vegetables are fun and crunchy and colorful and yay. They're also hard for your body to digest. They just are. There's a reason like when people eat broccoli, guess what? They fart. Why? Because it's hard for their body to digest. Same thing Mm -hmm. with beans. Same thing with cauliflower. Like these are known issues that people know of. And yet we tout vegetables as if they are the health food. And I just disagree with that. I think Raw milk is a health food from lots of different species, not just cows. And I think that meat and the meat products that you can make from it, tallow, lard, broth, bone marrow, all those things, I think those are the health foods, personal opinion. Well, he made this equation the other day about us not having seven stomachs, you know, <laughs> yeah. the cow can eat the, the produce and the vegetables and break it down and take on that nutrition yeah. And then we can eat the cow. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And um, pa- so it's a fascinating for- feed. If you want to check him out, there's some, we're not saying we subscribe to everything that's on there, no. but, but go ahead and dive in and read. Don't just look at the memes and, and eh, have a knee jerk. Go ahead and read the posts because they're like little blog posts. They're very extensive and there's a lot to be learned there. It's, it's intriguing. For sure. Well, it's intriguing, too, because he's not a Christian at all. I don't think he comes from any kind of a worldview like that. But he still observes culture and says, hey, like all that porn you're watching, not good for you. All the casual yeah. sex you're having, not good for you. The birth control. That gray that- cubicle with the fluorescent light, not good for yeah. you. Yeah. Not good for you. Like get out. Mm-hmm. Get your hands in the dirt. Walk barefoot. Soak up some sun. Eat some red meat. Like remember what tan, it's like to be alive. <laughs> And your bits. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I do think it's really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's a question from Anna Holmes. I have a couple questions. First off, I was wondering how you both knew your family was complete after you had your last child. Um, I hemorrhaged and didn't want to go through that again. <laughs> That'll do it. Uh no, it, was, it really wasn't that bad. I just fainted a few times and then it was fine. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, I was 41 
So that's that's good. Mm-hmm. And if it was a case of my uterus getting more fatigued as I went on, then I was I wouldn't say I wasn't totally concerned that that would happen again and it would be worse. Mm-hmm. And my husband is eight years older than me, so at some point mm-hmm. we felt it was time to just have the family instead of always be making the family. <laughs> That's a good way to look at it. But I will say that after the fourth, I sobbed after the third because I didn't want to be done. Every time somebody would say they were expecting, I would be, I would like feel true jealousy. I would be jealous, like inappropriately, like not completely happy for them, but thinking of myself. I will confess that. Um, After the fourth, uh, which is sort of when my husband wanted to be done, I still felt that. I was just like, I can't, I cannot close. I'm not ready to close this chapter. And um, the last two sort of did that for me. So Mm -hmm. I have a lot of peace. I have total peace about it, where before I knew... Like, I don't want to move forward with regret. And I just felt like that w- I would have regret if we didn't have more. And then after mm-hmm. the after the, the sixth, the one, I, that was totally done. I was like, okay, we're good. Let's do this. We're a family now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, I'm trying to remember how we kind of made that decision. I know people, like, people now think about stuff. And I feel like even not that long ago, like, I don't remember thinking about it that much. It's like we just did the thing that makes babies and sometimes that Mm -hmm. made us pregnant. (laughs) And I don't really remember us having major conversations about if we're going to be done or how many we wanted or anything like that. I I Mm -hmm. think I've shared this before, but I weaned my third child, Will, and I was like, I'm a new woman. Here I come because I'd just been pregnant and breastfeeding for like forever. And... I got pregnant. I found out I was pregnant the next day. Um, And I called Angela crying. And I said, can you get a false positive on a pregnancy test? And she said, no. And And I started laughing. (laughs) You're going to be fine. And I cried. I cried for about a month because, not because I didn't want a baby. I loved babies. Um, But I just knew what it meant for my body. And um I think, you know, we had four and five years at the end of it all. And I don't really even remember us. I remember actually talking to you, Angela, and I was like, how do I know I'm done? And she's like, you're probably not going to feel that definitive about it. Um, And we didn't. It was just, but then time went on and, you know, then the age gap starts to get a lot bigger and it was just like, okay, we're good. And, And I will say too, like my husband, I always appreciate this about him, but he knows me sometimes a lot better than I know myself. And he's able to sort of see things in me that I'm kind of blind to at the moment. And I think I probably would have had another one. And he didn't like put the kibosh down like, no, we're not doing that. It was just like, Maybe just give yourself a little time <laughs> because I was so physically just done. I mean, I was that was a that's a lot a lot on your body. And I think he was genuinely concerned. Like maybe take some time to like build some reserves back up and like you get to a better place mentally, physically, get a little like stronger and then and then we'll sort of have that discussion. But by the time I did that, you know, that's not that wasn't the right thing for us anymore so yeah there you go 
But I think mm-hmm. that that's encouragement. I found encouragement from it. You might not feel definitive about it, and that's okay. Yeah, I don't think like while you're holding the newborn is the time to decide if you want more ones, more babies. Yeah. You know, that's you're already really emotional and you have like months and months of hormones to pan out and but yeah, it's not it might not just be a cut and dry yeah, feeling, you know, cuz obviously there's always what if. Mm-hmm. So Okay, she had a second part to this question. Are you okay answering this? It's pretty – you're going to be a good person to answer this. So she's also talking about birth control Okay, for said babies. She's been on birth control since her early 20s, currently has the IUD, but is getting it removed soon. So can you go more into depth about how you guys practice preventative marriage encounters? (laughs) <laughs> and um, mm-hmm. and kind of what our thoughts are on said birth control. Okay. Well, good for you for getting it removed. Like, be sure that's in Sharpie on your calendar um, because it's no good. Uh, and we'll, we can just revert to Carnivore Aurelius. I think he just did a post on that a few weeks ago. So there you go. Um, that's No, it's good for you. Uh, it's good. It's good to get that out of your body. And it's good not to do that to your body. The same with the pill. I will be dogmatic on those two things. Um, The pill jacks with your body. It's not good for you. Period. Um, I was on the pill for two years. And somehow, by the grace of God, stumbled upon some naturally minded information. And this is ages and ages ago on it. And became like the anti-pill preaching gospel i got all my friends to go off of it i'm like this is this is not good not good not good not good um uh i did then stumble on a book but i'm gonna have i would have to google it if you want to talk for a second um i think i know on which one you're talking natural about. the pink and green one natural family planning natural family called? planning this yeah. is a fascinating book ladies this is something that really does interest me about health is we know our bodies so poorly i know why we (laughs) we know our body we are just told if you have a headache take an advil if you have this take a mydol yeah i was just gonna say here's a tampon (laughs) soaked in bleach use it every month for the rest of your life till you hit menopause we we don't know the consequences of our actions and the things we do to our bodies we don't know how our bodies work and this book is amazing it's ginormous it's probably an inch and a half two inches thick Mm -hmm. and again not dogmatically there's you might read it and not think the whole thing the entire content is for you but you are going to learn so much about how your body works and there is definitely something in there for you it's Mm-hmm. practically foolproof mm-hmm. and again that's the beauty of sex and marriage is then if it fails then you get a little blessing mm-hmm. and that's how I look at it I know mm-hmm. not everybody's going to look at it that way um but I learned a ton about myself on that on that journey and how I work how my women's woman's body works and it's incredible did you know about ovulation before you read that book um I knew like this. I knew like something like, and I'm making fun of myself, okay? 
something like that's when the egg drops. Mm-hmm. That's about the extent of it. Yeah. 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 So we we did the same thing. We practiced natural family planning when we first got married and it worked well. I always tell people our method didn't fail us. We failed our method because For sure. there was one night where we just <laughs> taking charge of your fertility, taking charge of your fertility. That's what it yep. is. Yeah. Um, but I didn't even know these things. That's I didn't know book. like, OK, here's how my body changes when I'm ovulating. <coughs> and here's even how that affects my hormones, that affects my desire for my husband. And then it helps so much to make sense of it because once you ovulate, once your body ovulates, which, hap- which happens like two weeks after your period, once you ovulate and that that egg doesn't get fertilized and you go through the next two weeks basically then preparing to have your period and it's that same cycle over and over again every month, you get to that like week before and at least personally, like I don't really want, I'm just like not interested in it. Like that the ship has sailed, right? Like you're just like, nah. Mm-hmm. Because your body's literally like, that didn't work. We're going to have to try again next month. <laughs> right. And it right. helped me so much to understand and know like what to expect of myself. Um, anyway, that's a great resource. Check it out. Yeah, it is. Um, okay, here it is again. It's ta- it's um, Taking Charge of Your Fertility. Looks like there's a 20th yeah. anniversary edition out by Tony Weschler, MPH. It's very good. Obviously, it's more than just birth control if it's two inches thick. It's an excellent yeah. book. Excellent book. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think we kind of keep coming back to that on this show, too, talking about knowing our bodies, knowing, you know, we talked a few weeks ago about understanding our cycle and, like, when to take on mm-hmm. a new project or when not to watch certain movies or when to watch certain emotional movies or, you know, like, just knowing – this whole chemistry issue and how it yeah it shapes who we are and that's not i think a lot of times that gets a really bad rap like pms the pms culture right you know we're actually made really splendidly and there's really beautiful things to be celebrated and you can't celebrate them if you don't know how it works mhm do you remember mama natural the blogger Yes. I remember her writing this blog post way back in the day about how she has tried to stop seeing her period as her enemy and start seeing it as her friend. And it's like it's genuinely like a you're helping me to detox and we're putting things back to order. And isn't it great that our bodies can do this? Um, And it was really helpful to me to be like, I don't I don't need to just be miserable this week. My mm-hmm. body is doing what a woman's body does, and aren't I thankful for that? And it's this opportunity for like softness and and rest, and like that should be welcomed too. You know, mm-hmm. it's sort of just accepting that that is going to look a little different. So, anyway. again, not really living in a culture that celebrates that. You know, yeah. oh yeah, now there's a pill where you just don't have your period. That's great. That's got to be really healthy. It's very, it's very unhealthy. Like your body, that's like being like, here's a pill. You won't have to poop. Your body will just absorb all that extra poop. It's like, but that's that's like what I was talking about last week that I used to use that deodorant that made me literally not sweat. Yeah. It's like, well, where did that go then? Yeah. Where did that, where did all that stuff that needs to come out, where did it go? Back into your body? (sighs) Mm-hmm. 
Okay. One? Yeah, let's do one more and then we'll okay. cue that wine music. Oh, I thought you had another one. Sorry. Oh, I was just, just sitting I'm here just waiting wiping for you. my nose on screen. <laughs> Delicious. Um, there is so many questions. I cannot. We could. This is just so much. Um, okay. Well, this is kind of. This is timely. I have one. Homestead okay. Life Three. Uh, what is the okay. secret to keeping ferments crunchy all winter? I love to make fermented pickles, but it seems they're mushy halfway through the winter. Am I fermenting them too long before putting them in refrigeration? You need oak leaves. My yeah. guess is she's probably using grape leaves, which I've used before. They're sort of touted as that. Oak leaves work way better. better. Interesting, because I use grape leaves, but I use a ton. I mean, I layer like I layer them in, okay. and I also nip off the blossom end. That's really important if you're. Just cut a little thin slice. Do you do that off the blossom I just end of pop, the pickle? I pop the blossom off. Also, yeah, I have but found if you take a little with with a knife off the top, mm-hmm. that's helpful for the crunch. Okay, there you go. She um, wondered if maybe she's leaving them in too long or fermenting them too long before putting them in the refrigerator or what. I don't really think that that would do it. Um, I usually just do them until the brine turns really cloudy, usually two days, sometimes three days, and you can kind of see the bubbles. I kind of know what to look for now. Like, yep, yeah, that's that's going. Mm-hmm. We got our good juju going on there. Um, try smaller jars too, um, half-gallon glass jars. I feel like mm-hmm. the pickles do stay a little bit crunchier in those, and I'm not sure why. Um but anyway, yeah, hmm. give it a try. Either more grape leaves or oak leaves. Snip off the blossom end. Ooh, the oak leaf. We have got one little straggler oak tree in our forest. I don't know how he got there. He's, uh, go, go harvest his he's leaves. Lonely. Go harvest some leaves. That's a good idea. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Should we cue that Queuing? wine music? Take a quick little, Please? quick little tea here. Um, you guys know this part of the podcast. We want you to pour a glass with us while you're enjoying this episode. We drink dry farm wines for good reason. These are naturally fermented wines. Here's what that means. The wine grapes are harvested right off the vines and that's it. They're not heated. They're not bleached. They're not nothing. They're just pressed and left to ferment with whatever natural yeasts are on the wine grape in nature. This is why we call it well, the sourdough. Well, why do you talk about that? What we see on fruit, you know? If you've grown yeah, fruit on your property mm-hmm. and you see that little white fuzz film, that pretty stuff on peaches or the pretty stuff that gives the grapes that beautiful, dusty, romantic look. That's the good stuff. Yeah, that's natural yeast, my friends. I'll tell you, if I could like change people's minds about two things, I know that I can't. But if I could, it would be on meat consumption and Mm -hmm. it would be on stopping being so freaked out about good yeasts and bacterias. We have like hypoallergenic this world to death to the point that our bodies our bodies do now react to it. Whereas before we would have been like this living organism, we would have had all these amazing yeasts going on inside of our body. And mm-hmm. we've wiped, we've bleached it to death. We've yeah. bleached it to death. The produce that you buy in the store, that is bleached. And 
nothing lives on it. Whereas if you go get a cucumber from your garden and you eat it, there is yeast and bacteria on the skin of that vegetable. You're literally eating something alive that sort of populates you with those good bacteria and yeast from the inside out. And wine is no different. You can literally drink a wine that will wipe out the good flora you got going on in there. Um, and then you can drink wine that doesn't do that. And yeah. that would be my choice, please. Anyway, I wish people weren't so freaked out about that. Uh, yeah, that's not me. I mean, I'm... Yeah, I know some people would never eat something right out of the garden or... I don't know. Yeah. I just, dirt and stuff doesn't. I know. It just does a little bit more laid back than that. I know. But yes, to the, you know, I want to say something really quick about the, first of all, dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic podcast. If we've got you all excited no. about. Homemaker chic club. Homemaker chic club. Okay. I want to go back to the meat just for a second. <laughs> really quick. No, because I don't want to send anybody on the wrong path. I don't want them run into the grocery store on their way home. They're listening to this show on the way home from work. You have to buy good meat. You can't go mm-hmm. eat garbage meat that's fed GMO corn and soy and garbage and expect to get the same delicious results health-wise. Mm-mm. Yes? Yes. Okay. Uh, yes, you guys. And I say this as somebody, by the way, I'll fly this flag. Um, I went to college for beef production, and I have worked in feedlots, like the feedlots, the feedlots that they show on like Food Inc. feedlots, okay? I've been there. I've seen it. I've done it. I formulated it and stepped away from that saying, holy cow, there has to be a way better way. There has to be a better way to do this, Um, which started the rest of my journey. So I'm super grateful for that. And I think the same has to be said for wine. We think of wine as sexy. It's in these bottles. It's on our grocery store shelves. And oh, isn't it sleek? And look at this label. Uh, The industry behind it is actually pretty nasty. (laughs) It's uh, from the workers to the purple dye to the tons amount, like massive amounts of GMO sugar that's added. Uh, to the synthetically produced yeasts, it's not good. And so I know it can seem like a big overwhelming thing, um, but it doesn't have to. Dry Farms finds family-run farms all over the world. These are small farms who do things very naturally, a lot of them biodynamically, all of them organically. They have a very stringent like rules and regulations that thou must follow to be able to be a dry farm wine that is included in the collection. So they do all that back work for you and then just deliver the wines to your door. So these are not Dry Farm Wines labels. These are basically Dry Farms putting their stamp of approval on it and saying, we have a certain criteria for what we will drink and this wine meets that criteria. These are not wines that you will see on your grocery store shelves because they are very small production boutique wines, uh, but very affordable for the wonderful treat that you're getting. So they can ship you boxes of three, six, nine, or 12, reds, whites, bubblies, rosés, all different options there. So dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic club is where you can go. And they will include two wine tumblers with your first order if you're a new Dry Farms customer. So I have one pulled out for tonight. I know you like this one. Okay, what is it? Charles Frey. All safe. Well, in our family, we say fry, but yeah. 
Oh, Fry. Charles Fry. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so, huh? Yeah. Um, it's a white blend, and it's a good one. I've had it many times, and it's fabulous. Cool. So um, a little wine it's all about like this health journey right whether you're learning about the skincare industry and what you've been putting on your face or your monthly products and the chlorine and bad stuff that's there or birth control or meat I was on a walk with a friend the other day and we were just having like a hardcore health conversation and I said all right what about your wine because you're doing all these other great things and I know she loves her wine so Mm -hmm. it's um it's really great yeah. to have just another, like another revelation, if you will, to learn something else and apply that to your life. Darla just texted me. Hers is called a Blackstone. Does that sound familiar? Is that what your mom has? Her big no, griddle that's thing. That's what it is. Blackstone. Okay. Okay. No, I'll have to check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. We're diving back into questions here for some more time. Angela, Tammy <laughs> yes, Crowley. Ma'am. You talked about predators on last week's episode, chicken predators that -hmm. you're dealing with. So her neighbor plays music at her chicken coop all the time. She bought a cheap radio and she plays country music for them. And since doing that, she hasn't had a predator problem. What a fun idea to try. My grandpa used to play a radio in the barn to keep the raccoons out. So that's interesting. Yeah. Might be worth a try. Okay. Also, cows who listen to music produce more milk. Okay. Specifically Specifically. classical music. All right. Well, we like classical music and country music in this family. So, Yeah. But my cow's name is Cece. So every time I milk, I sing her Simon and Garfunkel. Because how can you not? Oh, Cecilia. Breaking his heart. Putting another man (laughs) in his bed. Okay. Um, okay, I want to uh, share something with you guys okay. that we got sent over on Instagram, and I took a picture of it because I wanted to remember it. This is from the Homemakers Club at Down Down Peach Tree Lane on Instagram. But they sent it to this, and they thought it was important, and I think it's a great little sweet reminder. If we wait until okay. we're finished to enjoy the good things, we'll die with the plow in our hands. Hmm. And I think that's so true of the homemaker i know there are homemakers listening to this who are like angela and i who have a very hard time putting the plow down Mm -hmm. and just saying you know what there is laundry to be folded there is stuff to do there are dishes to wash and instead i'm going to put some good music on i'm going to go pour a glass of wine i'm going to go sit on the porch with my husband while he's making pizzas on the green egg and we're just going to savor this moment um so just a little reminder to enjoy the good things. Do the, do the hard work. Do that too. Right. But stop to enjoy the good things. Yeah. You don't get an award for dying with a plow in your hand. So. No. Okay. That was all. Okay. Um, staying on the farm. Okay. Erica Jane. Where do you keep your dirty animal shoes? The ones you wear in the animal pens with poop. How do you protect your clothes when you're outside with your animals or in the garden? Do you change your clothes? I like looking nice, but I get outside with my chickens and in my garden whenever I can fit it into my day. I hate coming inside with clothes that I've worn with the chickens when I start to prepare food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes mm-hmm. sense. That's good. You know, we talk about good bacteria and ba- bad bacteria. Not all bacteria are good. 
There's a lot of bacteria going on in animal poop. That's good mm-hmm. to be aware of. Chickens in particular, when you're in right. their dusty coop. Um, that's Yeah, I think that's good to be aware of it. Here's how I do it a lot of times. I have Monty is his name. and He's a thrifted, big old coat. Not thick coat, okay. just like a nice linen canvas kind of a thing going on. And mm-hmm. if I'm going to do something like milk or go into the chicken coop, a lot of times I'll just put that over because it's like a giant over shirt. Easy to take on and off. Um, I also have these denim overalls that I will just slip on for outside work. And every time I wear them, our joke is Stuart says, ooh, so dumpy because they are horrible looking. <laughs> and I look so dumpy wearing them. But they work and they your crack doesn't show. So those are just outside work overalls. They're also really easy to slip on over shorts. I've even yeah. worn them over a skirt before. So mm-hmm. like having those pieces that you can kind of layer on the outside and then take off before you come inside is kind of how I yeah. do it. Yeah. Uh, I have hooks outside on the side of the house. So I wear my uh, wellies out to milk. And I just use the stone of the stone steps to kick them off. And they stay outside. I shake them up for spiders in the morning. Um, I wear, I have my grandpa's old farm shirts. So just, I just call them farm shirts, but they're just old button-up shirts of his. I wear a really mangy old apron when I go out. I put one of his shirts over. Um, Mm -hmm. And that sort of serves, it's sort of like my kilt. I can take it off tight around my waist if I need a clean place uh-huh. to sit for milking or whatever. It's kind of like I can use it for things. And I also wear, you see me on YouTube all the time, I wear a hanky in my hair. Um, that's just to keep the dust out. It also keeps when the cow flicks her tail. If I've just washed my hair, then I'm not getting gross cow tail on my hair. Um, but like, just like what you're saying, those things are peel offable. I mean, I've mm-hmm. been known to milk in a sundress, but I've got my gross boots on and a big shirt over top and my, you know, I'm covered. Yeah. Yep. That's the answer. Mm-hmm. Okay. What okay. next? <clears throat> Let's see. Okay. Here's uh, kind of an interesting one. Okay. Okay. What do you make for friends and family that you host whose food or health sensibilities differ from your own, such as whole foods for your family that care more about convenience than what ingredients are in it, uh, trying to win people I love over to healthier choices and a wider palate? Um, okay. I don't try to win them over. <laughs> I don't. Okay. I mean, they know. Like, I'm I'm not, you know, it's kind of funny. Like, you and I, we aren't so weird anymore. We're kind of like, ooh, maybe they saw something coming down the pike, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. But I've been the weirdo for a long time. I mean, at 22, telling my friends to get off birth control, then getting rid of my microwave, then having my babies at home, then deciding to homeschool. I mean, I just keep getting weirder as the as the years go by. Yeah. It's fabulous. Um Mm-hmm. And they all know that. So I don't try to like convert anybody via food. Um, and the worst here, and this is just my own experience, okay? When I try have tried to expand someone's palate, it's like not worked out very well. Because it 
bugs the snot out of me to make something really good and then have people not eat it because they're iffy about it or they don't want to try it or they just eat a little bit of it and then there's a ton left on the plate. I will confess that I get offended. I'm like, eat the food, you know? So I just, when people come over, I do, I do, I get offended when people don't eat my food, okay? Um, what? You came over to eat. Eat the food. Once I had somebody stop for McDonald's on the way to my house. This was a long time ago. I said I was making dinner. Well, we didn't know. Like Dinner, I suppose, is relative because some people stand around and snack and other people sit down for dinner. So they ate McDonald's. And it was right when I had just learned how to make roast chicken. You know, when you're, you know, the roast chicken move. We've talked about this on the show. I was so pissed off. Like, get that bag off my table. I made a roast chicken, okay? So um, I just do the old I, – I do what people are going to love, right? We do like a really bitchin' taco night, you know, and I do it my way. So I've got all like diced jalapenos in one bowl and diced red onion in another and all the different salsas. Joel makes salsa, you know, like all the – like a full spread taco night. It's not Ortega Tuesday, okay? But – I try to do things that I know people are going to like a really fabulous pot roast with carrots and potatoes and juicy goodness. I try to keep it safe, but really well done when people are coming over like that. But I don't mm-hmm. try to convert them nutritionally or palate wise. Yes. Yeah. I also am very cautious about being like, oh, well, you know, I grew these potatoes. <laughs> mm-hmm. No one likes that. It's not, yeah. a, it's not, does not a good look. Just be humble. People yeah. just want to be fed. And you know what? I they would just, rather yeah. somebody feed me in a place of hospitality and fellowship, even crappy ingredients. I will, I will eat it with pleasure because it's such a yeah. treat when somebody feeds you. And sometimes you just need to remember that. Um, I will say, I don't know. Do you find as you get older I'm so uninterested in trying, as I just told everyone to eat more meat, trying to like convince (laughs) people because it never works. Like people, at least maybe the people I'm surrounded, like they have to come to these things. Like if somebody's like, oh, I'm not sure about homeschooling. I'm like, you choose. (laughs) Like I'm not going to convince you because you, you have to be convinced about it. You have to be convicted for it to actually change your life. Like I'm, I'm really steering away from being the type. Of, like you should go lift weights. You should go lift weights. You're gonna feel great. It's gonna. It's like okay. Well, I maybe found that to be. We true. do that here because we have. We're getting paid to do that here. We have a <laughs> microphone. Like that's our job, right? But not in real life. I don't do that in real life. No. No, yeah, I don't no, make any life. comments to my. Maybe I, to my sister. I'm boss my sister around. No, I don't. It. Yeah. My little sister, she's contemplating homeschool right now. And I'm like, I am out of this conversation. Like, I will <laughs> answer a question if you have it. But it doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't work. <laughs> no, it doesn't make sense. And also, like, I want to be left alone. Like, yes, I don't like exactly. it when people message me on Instagram and tell me that I should be a vegan. I don't like that. So, like, why would they like it if I told them to eat more meat? Except for on this show. 
But except for on this show. <laughs> microphone. The microphone is the permission slip. <laughs> Dang it. This filter's not working. It's, it's supposed to rebound all those stupid things I say. Wait a second. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> okay. Should we, like, do, um, like, two more? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Angela, besides Babel, what do you do to practice your French? I've dedicated 10 years of my life to studying French and even majored in French literature. It's been hard to exercise that part of my brain since becoming a mother. Any suggestions? (laughs) Um, This is Anna Claire Tomo. What do you use? Are you, Me? are you learning Italian still? Yeah, you. Yeah, I so guess you. <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> I am learn. I'm using an audiobook called "Learn Italian" with Paul Noble, and mm-hmm. that's been a really great resource because I'm a real auditory listener <laughs> and a visual listener, and um, he has a printable that goes with it. So then I also have somewhere I have really great flashcards. I am a great flashcarder, and so to like learn my verbs and certain vocabulary, okay. have just been practicing. Like they're just Amazon flashcards, but like the, it works for me. Cool. So, um, so in addition to Babbel, I love Ebu. I b o u x ebu dot com, uh, and it's private tutoring, and it's excellent. I love, love, love my teacher. She's so good at helping me not sound like a total idiot. <laughs> she knows that I really. Would like to be able to put my sentences together and say things like the French would say them. And it's been about three weeks since I had a session with her and I can just feel it slipping away, Anna. So I resonate with that. Like you just feel it going. I mean, language is something that mm-hmm. has to be learned. I would say whatever you can do to just like mutter while you're working, like while you're vacuuming, just carry on a conversation with yourself. Just keep it coming out for sure. Teach your kids. Um, Aiden spoke only French till he was about three. Um, and like to the point where like my mom couldn't understand him. It was so cool. But then like the more kids I had, the more I had to yell at people and I had to say multiple things. And it just got so mentally taxing for me. I bailed on it, which is really sad because we had a really good thing going for there for a long time. But that was a long time ago. But yeah, Ibu is um, it's excellent. Uh, it's sort of priced according to how many lessons you buy. So if you buy in bulk, you know, they obviously come down, but you can try a few and say what you think. I think they do a really good job and they're really great. If you don't like your teacher, you just say like, yeah, I, we weren't jiving. I need a new one. And, um, but there's a bunch of teachers to choose from nonetheless. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think they do French, uh, Spanish, um, Chinese. I don't know. They do a couple languages. So, okay. How does anyone ever learn Chinese? <laughs> I don't know. Well, and aren't there, I don't want to sound totally ignorant. So, but aren't there like two? Isn't there Mandarin and Cantonese or mm-hmm. are those just it's dialects? Like, um, I'm also going to sound like a complete idiot right now. But in India, I think they also speak like 40 different languages. I can see that. Yeah. 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 Hmm. It maybe it's not 40. Maybe it's four. What do I know? <clears throat> but yeah, there you go. Um, it's really difficult to learn language in a vacuum. Um, I find that really 
difficult. And so, you know, my friend Dolores, her and I will message some back and forth. Um, but it's like very short little, very, my, I am learning Italian as in like I know 10 words. Okay. Like that's, mm-hmm. we're, we're beginning someplace. What I love about language though is that it stretches your brain and it forces you to learn and it like hurts. Your your brain gets tired, like your body after yeah. working out. Like that's how your brain feels after like 30 minutes. It's like neurons are just going, <laughs> they're just going all over the place. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> she'll ask me something and I'll just be, I don't know, could you just totally repeat that? Like I stopped trying and so I have no idea what you just said. It's like your brain goes into fight or flight. <laughs> It does. Ah! <laughs> it really does. I I think I told you this, but like I was trying to shout something at a child of mine and I was, was thinking, okay, I know this in Italian. I translated it in my brain in Spanish and I said it in French. <laughs> it was like, no way. What? Like an I Love Lucy episode. Oh my gosh. It was so bad. And it ended up coming out in French, like not even close to what I was actually trying to say i said something like completely irrelevant to the context of what was happening but it's like yeah my brain just it's like it crossed wires and it did not want to to do what that um but that's great i think learning a language is so fun and so hard mm-hmm. all right you got a nice easy one for us to wrap I, up i got with? a nice easy one here's okay. a nice nice easy one and i have no idea what this handle is so i'm sorry to murder herna <laughs> it's just a bunch of Sound consonants like me pronouncing i don't know what german this is yeah. <laughs> no, well here we go so as a homemaker living in the netherlands her question may sound stupid to you she put a nice little emoji there but what is the difference between a homestead and a farm as you have love you ladies mm. you inspire me so much i my first answer would be that homestead just became a trendy word about 13 years ago. That's what I think, because it's a farm. But for some reason in the blogosphere, homestead became a word that we started using. Mm-hmm. Um, and it caught on, really. And now it's yeah. very common. Yeah, but, I, but at first, like, it wasn't a word that was often used you it was you would read it in Alora's Ingalls books they had to prove up on their homestead the government gave them land or whatever it wasn't that popular of a word I don't think before 15 years ago mm-hmm. yeah I suppose in my mind I remember having this big conversation with the Atlantic when we did that article like they wanted to define homestead and it's not really that definable of a term the the way I kind of do break it down in my head is farms typically are used to grow something for money. So you have a vegetable farm, a beet farm, a wheat farm, a cattle farm, a dairy farm. Mm. You're selling the product that you're producing from the farm to the public as a goods. Okay. A homestead typically, Mm -hmm. the way we define it, is used to produce for the family who lives on the homestead. So homesteads might have meat, they might have dairy animals, they might have vegetable gardens, they might have fruit trees, they might have chickens, but really it's kind of just for the consumption of the people who live there, not for sale Mm -hmm. in the actual retail community. That's kind of how I think we define it um, generally. Okay. 
Interesting. Why? Nothing. I had never thought about it till she asked. Mm. There's a meme that says when somebody says interesting after you've said something, it means the conversation should be over. Oh, psh, well, ironically, <laughs> we're done. <laughs> that's and funny. that's a wrap. We didn't even scratch the surface on all your questions. Um, we really appreciate you guys sending them to us. So please keep doing that and we will filter through as many as we can. We get a little chatty, but that's because we're excited to sit down here with you and we only do it once a week now and so we gotta like cram it all in um we did an hour and a half we did good yeah we did great we did great um tons of skincare questions come through like (coughs) tons and i i'm like don't you guys listen you listen right tubesandco.com coupon code below like i talked about before so make sure you check that out because a lot of what we talked about at the beginning of the show with skincare and makeup that's where we get it so you can you don't have to ask us that question. We've answered that question. And there's a link for it. <laughs> if you would like to try some of these beautiful wines that we talked about in our wine segment, the link is below the, the show for that too. Dryfarmwines.com forward slash homemaker chic club if you want to get those wine tumblers in your first order as well. And of course, if you have questions for next week's episode, we're on Instagram at Homemaker Chic Podcast, and you can DM us on there. And that's how we will receive your question. Cool. Very cool. Okay. Big week. Okay. Big week. Yeah. Here we go, ladies. Here we go. You're doing awesome. You're doing great. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.